Welcome to your morning cup with Ivan's Academy. Academy. I'm Kara. And I'm Ash. We're, We're Cash. Cash. Hello. <laughs> We're so excited because this week there's been tons of activity and conversation and podcasts about Sasquatch. Yes. And we live in the Pacific Northwest, which if you're familiar with the Pacific Northwest of the United States, it's kind of a hot spot for Sasquatch or Bigfoot or Yeti mm-hmm. activity. Yeah, especially Washington. You see Sasquatch paraphernalia, like images and stuff to buy, merchandise, everywhere. Like, and literally everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And there's believers and there's non-believers and there's the people, everybody in between, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's really fun because you get a lot of different perspectives. But in particular, this week at AneliaBenz.com, Anelia wrote a newsletter about Sasquatch and how Sasquatch have strong boundaries. To accompany that, she also, her and Larry, released a podcast, Driving to the Res, episode with Todd Standing and nature-infused Ash. Mm -hmm. And if you're not familiar with Todd Standing's work, he's pretty much like one of the world-leading experts on Sasquatch. Yep. He has a documentary on Netflix. He posts tons and tons of YouTubes all the time, lots of research, photographic evidence, all of these things. And he takes people who are interested in connecting with Sasquatch on expeditions. So Todd is in the Pacific Northwest this week. And he has a couple of expeditioners with him. So, naturally, we got to join the lab. Yeah, we wanted to hang out. We're like, Sasquatch, ooh. Yeah, it's so (laughs) awesome because not only does Todd like to go on expeditions to be able to research, because, of course, he's a Sasquatch researcher, but he also really, and he says this, he loves creating the experience for others to be able to connect with Sasquatch. And that's really the key here, right? This is all about connection. Mm-hmm. Yep. And expansion of awareness because there are so many amazing co-creators in our rendition of Earth. And Sasquatch is one of those species, one of those collectives that have a long history with us as humans. And if you'd like to learn more about that, read the article from Magnolia Benz. We'll post the link in the show notes. But she goes into great depth about how this connection can be rebridged. And that's one of the ways that Todd, you know, focuses and brings people onto that experience, which is super cool. So we thought for today it would be fun to share some of our firsthand Sasquatch experiences. Yes. Do you want to share your stories first? Sure. So just for some quick background, uh, growing up in the U.S., you know, I'd heard of Sasquatch. Um, I grew up in Colorado, which is more in the West, like Midwest part of the country, And, you know, you hear about it in pop culture, like movies and TV, and there's, like, believers and non-believers and all these things. And, frankly, I didn't really have an opinion. I was just like, whatever, you know, cool. Maybe there's truth to it. Maybe it's a story long gone by. Kind of like, I don't know, Nessie in Scotland, the Loch Ness Monster, right? It's like, maybe there's something to that, but I never really looked. So... When I first came to the Pacific Northwest, this was to the first retreat at the Shaman Shack in 2017. Which is where we met. Yes, yes. Actually, where we met. Origin story, kind of. (laughs) Anyway, and it was so fascinating because I think it was the first or second night, maybe it was even the first night, when all of the folks who had joined that retreat came to the Shaman Shaman Shack We were, you know, bunked and, you know, going to bed for the night. And in the middle of the night, all of a sudden, I hear, 
the craziest, loudest noise I have ever heard in my life. Now, I grew up in Colorado, so I know what wildlife in North America sounds like, whether it's coyotes, foxes, cougars, bears, you name it. And they do make actually really weird sounds, <laughs> especially coyotes. Uh, they, they sound like people, um, actually, like, yeah, we won't go into it. But anyway, they make, like, some upsetting noises and stuff. But when I was falling asleep, or it was in the middle of the night, I woke up, and I hear this noise that's, like, the mix of, it's so hard to explain, but almost like a, like, a Native American chant war dance song. With a hyena. With, like, with like a, <laughs> hyena a hyena or a coyote laughing, yeah. plus... Like a third element, which it's like there's no way to humanly reproduce it. There, there's not. People like, ask, like, well, what did it sound like? It's like I could I try. Know how to begin. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, and the thing that was so surprising was it was so loud. Like we are inside the shaman shack, like four people in one room in a bunk, and other folks are sleeping around the the property. Two people were actually in a tent outside. They definitely heard it and were like, oh, terrified. They actually came inside because they were like, oh, we don't know what that is and freaked out. But what was interesting, despite like how loud this, this noise was, and it progressed for a couple minutes, and there were people who were sound asleep. Yeah. Like knocked out cold. It was like half the group, maybe 10 people there total, something like that. And half the group heard it and half didn't. I was asleep. I was actually, I think I was on the bottom bunk. You were. Top bunk, yeah. <laughs> and I had earplugs in. And like I had earplugs in because somebody in the room was snoring and I couldn't hear their snores. I was in the same room with someone who was snoring quite loud. Very loudly I heard their snores. <laughs> I couldn't hear that, but I could hear this. Yes. Like that was like... It almost even felt like it wasn't with my ears. Like, it felt like it was in my head. Exactly. Like, I was like, what the heck is this? And then I took my earplugs out, and then I still heard it. And I was like, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> it was so loud. Yeah. And it was just the strangest, most unique sound I've ever heard in my life. But it wasn't, like, scary. It, it felt, like, exciting. And it was almost even, like, just a welcoming. Yeah. Like, yeah something like that like yeah. and we were truthing it too and it to me I've always gotten it was Sasquatch yeah same. and they were just trying it was like kind of first contact like yay yeah, yeah. we're excited you're here they were so excited yeah. and the next day it was fun we changed exchanged stories we're like did you hear that last night wait yeah. you're what and you know so to me like my inner knowing it felt like and I know it was Sasquatch mm-hmm. and I and I, you know, I never thought about it before. I wasn't a believer, non-believer. It was like, whatever. But after that day, I'm like, yep, Sasquatch are real. <laughs> and that was just the beginning. So, yeah. but yeah, you were there for that too. And cool. quite a welcome to the Shaman Shack. Mm-hmm. It was like, I grew up in predominantly in Arizona, which is in the southern states in the U.S. And I don't remember a lot about Sasquatch at all. I lived in Colorado, and then I started to move to Colorado, and I, when living there, I saw more about Sasquatch. Like, they were, like you were saying, they're, like, on posters or yeah. signs locally and stuff, but I just never thought about Sasquatch. Like, I just remember, like, a video that was really poor quality, and looking out over the water in the distance, there was maybe a Sasquatch, and, like on YouTube or something and everybody debunking it saying mm. no way. So I just didn't think about it. It was kind of like 
eh, yeah. whatever. Or like, hey, what, Harry and the Hendersons, I think. Oh, yeah. Or Bigfoot. Like, yeah. You know, like when I was a kid, but just never thought about it. And then coming out here and then having that experience, it was like eye-opening right away. Like, that was not... Like normal, mm-hmm. <laughs> a little unexpected, <laughs> a little totally unexpected, but really cool. And then it was like, oh my Whoa. gosh, let's find more Sasquatch yeah. stuff. Let's connect. So living out here, there's been tons and tons of um, examples or times where I we've made connection mm-hmm. of some sort, whether seeing them, whether connecting um, through experiential telepathy, or maybe hearing them, they, they, they'll do knocking sometimes or certain hoots and calls. So there's been a lot of different ways. Um, and, and honestly, more than anything, sometimes it's just having an awareness and a feeling like, you know, you're not alone Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they're there, but you don't see them. There's no signs. So it's one of those, you're always like kind of skeptical, like, are they really, you know? But then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then, and then you might see one, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or part of one, or smell one, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the the great thing is, at least from what I've learned, and I've heard this from other people really consistently, and for example, actually Todd shares this too. They do a lot to like introduce themselves to people who are open to seeing them, and they will do it gradually. And that's been my experience too. Very mm-hmm. gradual. I mean, yeah. hearing a Sasquatch noise while I'm sleeping in bed wow. was way easier to take than like having a Sasquatch like standing right in front of me. Yeah. Cause I probably was like, Oh my God, you know? So it's like, since then it's been progressively gradual, like mm-hmm. introduction and, um, they don't want to scare people, which yeah. is really nice. Unless like, Maybe they don't want somebody around right? <laughs> scare them. But yeah. in general, that's not the experience I've had with them. Yeah, exactly. Same same here. It's been like a gradual progression over the years. And we've lived here for, what, three or four years now? And their presence is very strong here. Like, you can see it in the collective. Sometimes you might notice how there are certain energies in the collectives that will show up, like through artists or even just the subconscious expression of people and we see Sasquatch stuff everywhere. And a lot of people out here like have had connection and experiences. There's also almost every year, at least one or two exposition uh, expos or Sasquatch festivals, you know, where folks come together and share research and notes and stuff and experiences. We've attended some of those too. And a lot of them are local and some travel all around the world to come too. And it's like, wow, yeah, there's there's something here because a lot of people have had similar experiences that we have had and vice versa, which is pretty yeah. cool. And it's a cool way to connect even with others because with other people because, you know, like the Macaw Nation about three years ago, I think it was, had a Sasquatch festival and they had elders sharing stories. Macaw elders were sharing their stories of encounters. Um, and then they also had guest speakers from local and, and beyond. And it's just so cool to hear it and connect in such a different way and start to learn, like, yeah, this is, we're not all just making this up. Right. <laughs> it's like coming up in so many different ways, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah. But we recently went on um, an expedition with Todd, and um, he had his expeditioners, and of course we tagged along. Mm-hmm. And, um, Larry had scouted out the location ahead of time. He was really focused on like where do we want to go, where should we, where should we lead the expeditioners and take Todd, and and so that was really cool because mm-hmm. it was super seamless and really fun. Just a great energy, get everybody together. We're all like ready to do some hiking in the woods, and we were moving slow. 
Yes. Like, super slow. Well, we did have, you know, an elder, a baby, pregnant woman, about But it was, like, we're just looking at everything (laughs) and talking and learning, and Todd's just such a natural teacher and teaching us all, like, hey, look at this, and, you know, this is what this means, and take a look at that, and he was teaching us along the way about what to look out for and how to truth things to connect and all these things it's really cool we're definitely on a trail of like there's sasquatch activity here and um before we went out i had this feeling that i needed to bring my malas i have these here right so malas are uh prayer beads it's a necklace that typically has 108 beads and this is actually a power object and um so what happens is folks who use these will will um, pray and then they use the beads to count their prayers. So say if they're saying a chant, then they can count their chant by using the beads and track it. So it always reminds me of kind of an abacus, <laughs> but for meditation. So anyway, um, so I had this feeling I needed to bring these these beads with me, which is interesting because like they're not quiet. You know, you're going out into the woods yeah. and like. How yeah. often do you like bring your prayer beads hike on a hike? Yeah, like, right. I don't know. Maybe yeah. others do, but it's not but typical. I, I had a niggle and I followed my niggle, and my niggle was that these would be helpful to connect with the Sasquatch. Okay, great. I didn't know why, but that was my niggle, so I followed it. So we were out there, and everyone was, you know, walking around. We're all walking around, and I just got this feeling I needed to go off of the trail into the woods and start looking out beyond, like, the main path that we were on it and i call it a trail it wasn't really a trail <laughs> we were making it a trail yeah it's probably like an old logging road that maybe, was overgrown like overgrown the last 20 years yeah something so like that maybe 10 yeah so there was enough of a path we could kind of have a trail through the woods but it wasn't like clean and pristine and easy right yeah right we definitely had to like Machete or something. Yeah. So we're so I'm off into the side of that that trail and in the woods, and I get the feeling I need to pull out my beads. So I have my beads on my neck, and I put them in my hands, and I was just connecting with the beads, and I'm walking around, and I I walk back onto the trail, and then I start getting um, visions like experiential telepathy, and actually it's more like image, like a footage, if you will, because Mm -hmm. it's like it's not just flat. It's not like a picture. Um, but I see from, I have past life recall of some lives in the Himalayas in Tibet and in the Buddhist practice. And so I see myself with prayer beads and chanting. And so I'm like, oh, okay. Like, so I'm making connection. That's what it was to me. Like Mm -hmm. I get this image and this footage and to me, in my mind, it's like validation. Okay, connection is made. I'm connecting with a Sasquatch. Awesome. So I'm seeing it, and there's like kind of like images flying by. like, And it's from a perspective almost like the Sasquatch's view of mm-hmm. me in those lives, mm-hmm. right? That's what it looked like. Um, and, you know, which is interesting dynamic in itself, and yes. I can't totally explain that. But if you think like the human collective is connected, right? Right. Sasquatch are connected, and so even through generation, through, you know, distance, um, there's collective memory. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I don't know how to explain that, but that's interesting, something we could explore maybe in the future. But then I'm following it, I'm holding on to my beads, and I'm still following my intuition, and I had decided I, I really wanted to find a footprint. Like, I had that feeling before I went off into the woods, I want to find a footprint, because to me, a footprint was like 
super clear because there's definitely other ways that you could see breaks of um, branches and different weavings of branches and things. But I wanted something so clear that it was like, you can't deny a footprint. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just like, that's the ultimate like Sasquatch sign Mm -hmm. in in my mind. So anyway, I'm walking around and then um, on the other side of the trail, there's some ferns and trees and I just look over these ferns and I step over them and I look down on the ground and there's a footprint. And I'm like, oh, I think there might be a footprint. Wow, I think this could be a footprint. So I call out kind of quietly. I'm get, I'm like, hmm, I don't know if it is, but it looks like it could be. You were like, big toe. Like, Kara, this might be a footprint. Like, and I was like, Todd, really quiet. And Kara's like, Todd, actually <laughs> found a footprint. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, it's not a footprint, but you should look. Or no, I said, I don't think it's a footprint, but you should look. Uh-huh. Right? Which is funny, right? Mm-hmm. Just the whole invalidating of it. But I was like, eh. Yeah, so he and, comes I over. and I instantly lose the footprint. I'm like, she found a footprint. Yeah, so he yeah. comes over, he looks, strong. and he's like, holy smokes, yes! And it had the negative pressure, um, so they have, like, a hinge in their foot. I don't know the terminology. You'll have to do that research on your own. Um, but it had the negative pressure where, basically, like, there's a little mound in the footprint as well, based off of their, their um, structural design of their foot. So here's this footprint, and it's so cool because you're out there with Todd that he, like, helps validate that as a researcher with, like, I don't know. Years of experience. Years, over a decade of experience looking at footprints and all these things. Like, awesome. Like, I can't just make it up in my head that this happened. But it was so cool because how did we find, how did I find this? It was, like, experiential telepathy and power objects, Mm -hmm. right? And being able to make connection um that wasn't about me being out on a trail and just looking Mm -hmm. because there's so much out there there's so Mm -hmm. many twigs and bushes and trees and you know footprints from dogs and footprints from people and just everything yeah right so I think uh, Larry was saying it's like finding a needle in the haystack you know it's like you can't you can but it's it's very challenging to just go and find it. Right. From, like, a logical perspective, the amount of time or likelihood it would take to find, like, a tiny, you know, I mean, it wasn't tiny, but, like, a footprint in this massive forest. We hiked, like, two miles, maybe more, with all these trees. And then, like, the odds of finding that by happenstance are, like, very low. Right. <laughs> Extremely low. Like, why would I just go off into the bushes and, like, over these, like, ferns? Like, it just doesn't... No. No. It no. wouldn't have been what I did no. <laughs> in general. But I was on a very particular purpose, and and it was connection that there was agreement on all sides, mm-hmm. right? It was a co-creation, orchestration to be able to have that experience yeah. so that I could find that footprint. And... You know, it really was one of those dynamics where it's like kind of like the mystic life hack, (laughs) you know, and that's what I love about mysticism, not the only thing, but it's like we learn how to be able to go beyond just like our five senses that are just like the standard that we all know about, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and we get to be able to expand our awareness and use connection to be able to have an easier go at things, mm-hmm. you know, to make things um, more dynamic or to make things just um, more accessible mm-hmm. in our awareness. Yeah. And honestly, the more connected we become, the more powerful we become. And and how many ways did you connect in that story? Like first, 
being connected in the sense you followed your niggles, mm-hmm. right? You could have easily just said, like, oh, that's just a crazy idea. Who brings malas to mm-hmm. a forest hike? But you didn't. You're like, oh, right. I should do this. Okay, I'm going to go do this. And when we got to the trail, I expanded my awareness and intentionally was expanding my awareness to tap into the Sasquatch mm-hmm. Collective. Connection, right? Connection. Yep. Yep. And then even on the trail, right? It was like connection through this these malas being receptive to the, the Sasquatch. And then also with the others around me, like Kara being connected with her, helping to get Todd's attention. Because I could have... There's part of me that was just like, I bet this isn't. Like, I'm just not even going to say anything, right? Yeah, maybe. Just the ego. We want to validate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Kara makes sure, like, really loud, Todd. And then connection with Todd coming, you know, a researcher who has experience and knowledge. And, you know, and there you go. And and it wasn't like I've done this before. Um, I mean, I've looked for Sasquatch signs, but it was with my eyes. Yeah. We (laughs) actually did find a footprint before. That's a different story, but... This, like, orchestration was mm-hmm. amazing mm-hmm. and just so incredible. And yeah. the connection piece, right? Yep. Even experiential telepathy is about connection. You're connecting with that other being that you are communicating with, right? And it's a two-way street. And connecting with the power objects. Power objects are all about connection. And using all of these tools together to have this experience, which then expanded the awareness of the whole group like it was incredible to have literally one of the world's most renowned sasquatch researchers look at this footprint analyze it share it with his students with Mm -hmm. us and give us insights about why you know how and the shape and how we could tell the the sex of the sasquatch and the age age and like all these things Wow. And then it also deepened the connection. Like, he's like, okay, you found it. So now take your shoe off and put your barefoot in in the in the print. And I was like, oh. You know, and I didn't want to, like, I didn't want to mess it up. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, kind of, like, dabbing my foot on it. And finally I was like, all right, fine. I'm like, you know, put my foot in it. And, and he even said, he said something to the effect of, like, you're going to connect with this Sasquatch now. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be, like, genetically, like, in your body, you've mm-hmm. now got this connection with them. And it was true. Like, he said it, and I was like, okay, cool. But then I could feel her, and I felt this, like, excitement, like, yay, we connected. And then I could feel the collective of the Sasquatch in a stronger way than before that, yay, we've connected, like, mm-hmm. the Sasquatch in the area. So... It did create also further connection to a larger degree, right? And more depth in that connection. Oh, yeah. And what an amazing experience for us as a group to, like, just look at this, to share in this experience with you and Mm -hmm. to, you know, see a footprint and have the analysis and learn about that connection at a level I never thought about before, right? It's just so cool. And, you know, and that's the thing with uh, Cash. We've been training mystically with Anelia for several years now. And then also taking these classes, like the experiential telepathy. Like, I think that's a Mm must-have if you're interested in Sasquatch and and learning more. Um, You know, locally, I've heard people say, like, oh, they don't use words. Right. They They communicate in other ways. Right. Mind speak. That's what Todd says. Like, oh, mind speak. Yes. Yeah, they communicate, but they don't use words. It's like, well, what do they, they don't have a word to describe what it is. But it's like, well, experiential telepathy is the way we would describe it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there is that class, but there's also so much more at Iben's Academy that we're going to be bringing forward for you all Mm -hmm. so that you can also have these types of experiences, many different flavors Mm -hmm. 
of what that could be. But gosh, I got to say, like putting the tools to practice and actually like having um, like the like a result out of it, mm-hmm. if you will, yeah. is so satisfying satisfying rewarding rewarding. all the things it's so amazing it is and you know we you're right we did actually do um a a adventure excursion looking for sasquatch like practicing using our our uh, mystical skills and awareness um but and we found prints we did so we were very successful that was really cool yeah but it's just there's something about being able to put it into practice and Mm -hmm. that's another element at ibens academy where with all of our workshops we put it into practice we don't just teach theory there's always going to be that practicum element Mm -hmm. to it yeah because it's one thing to like read books or listen to material right or take notes but what good is it if you don't use it right (laughs) i mean and i believe me like that is a habit i've had a lot of you know time to overcome because i love theory i love lectures i love philosophy but at the end of the day if you want to really step into the new paradigm, you have to embody it. You have to, like, do it, right? It's an active thing. It's not a passive thing. So that's why with our workshops, there's always going to be that active element to it. Always. Like, with power objects, you have to, like, create power objects. You've got, like, smallest <laughs> yes. <and> bracelets. And <laughs> all the power objects. Exactly. And they each can have different tools and, and uses and abilities. Like... This one is to enhance my mystical power. So when I'm doing mystical works, you know, it's almost like a battery that supercharges that. So we can make that easier for ourselves. So if we are like doing experiential telepathy or expanding our awareness, we want to connect, let's say, and communicate with Sasquatch. I found that it's so helpful to have a tool to aid that, to help set ourselves up for success. Or like the malas, right, is another mm-hmm. example. Using it as a tool to enhance connection. And mm-hmm. th- those are just some examples. And expand your awareness and whatever mm-hmm. else the intents are behind it. Mm-hmm. So all of that's to say, too, like, if you if this sounds interesting to you, if this is something you've dabbled, dabbled in, get yourself trained because, you know, mystics don't go it alone. Mm-hmm. We definitely have a responsibility as mystics to make sure that what we're creating and what we're doing and our practices and um, the, as mystics is all in a um, high frequency way. Right. Yeah. And we're not doing power over others. We're not doing black magic. And it's so easy to fall into that. So easy. <laughs> if you aren't aware and educated. Right. So get yourself educated. Yeah. There's no excuse. So if you're doing any type of mystical work, get educated. The Power Objects Workshop class is definitely a great baseline mystical training um i mean of course it's not (laughs) everything but it really will give you some foundational skills and awareness that can be applied to other aspects of mysticism Mm -hmm. and other practices um and that is going to be offered for the rest of the year every month Mm -hmm. so there's no reason not to sign up (laughs) yeah We've got a variety of times, and, and even um, there are payment options available with that, too. Yeah, it's such an important foundational skill because it, it is an entry-level workshop or course into mysticism, mm-hmm. and it explores the fundamentals that are the foundation to just a lot of this work that we're doing when we're embodying the new paradigm. And also, it's just fun and cool, and the collective requested that we all learn this. We mm-hmm. all take this ability and we put it into effect 
we're active about it. So that's why we're hosting Power Objects Workshop every month for the rest of the year. And it's really important that we learn these skills because it fosters our connection. It makes us more powerful. And we are the ones bringing in the light paradigm. We're the ones building it. And this is part of the building, which is really cool. Yeah. And you can have power objects for so many different things. And this power object that I have is actually a power object of a we awareness, right? Like, so stepping out, I, me, and myself and stepping into a we perspective, right? And every time I see it, every time I wear it, every time I put it on, I I'm, I instantly am reminded I'm a we. <laughs> We're a collective. Yep. And, it, and it's so beautiful in that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember going to like job interviews and, and wearing this because to me it felt like, um, you know, some a situation that was kind of like a little nervous and maybe like, oh, you know, some anxieties because it's a job interview and I really want this job and, you know, whatever. Right. So aside from just the processing, there's also that element where I brought this bracelet, this power object. And it, I instantly felt like I, I have my, like, we, it's us. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't alone, alone and it was confidence and it was connected. And it was like, yeah, together we, we got this, mm-hmm. you know? And so it was a totally different energy that from a shunken awareness was something I wasn't seeing. But once I had the opportunity with my, my bracelet to, and that power object to step into and, and um, see that expanded awareness mm-hmm. perspective, it was easy. Mm-hmm. So there's so many different ways that they can be used. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, that's something to definitely go to our website, ibensacademy.com, and you can check out the courses coming up. We also have the Instant Manifestation Workshop coming up in May. Yay! <laughs> oh, this is such an amazing workshop. That's like, that's like if, you are, if you're like a go-getter, and you are a doer and a mover and a shaker in your life, like, do this. Mm-hmm. Because this will only amplify your power to do and to make things happen. It's yep. amazing. Yeah. You might already be successful in life, right? Mm-hmm. This takes it to the next level. It does. And it's just incredible. The skills and tools that you'll learn in this is not only extremely practical, but you learn how to hack into the code of the matrix so that you can instantly manifest what you want in your life. Like, in order to do that, you have to understand the rules of engagement and how the matrix works. And if exploring that nature of reality is of interest, this takes it to the next level. It's incredible. So, Instant Manifestation Workshop, coming up in May. Don't miss out. Mm-hmm. Power Super Objects expensive. Workshop every month. Yep. And we've got more other fun, exciting workshops that will be coming up throughout the year yeah stay tuned for those yeah Yeah. you're gonna love the new ones that are coming out so thank you everybody for joining us today and we'll see you next time bye